Welcome to the Monday Morning Marketing Podcast. I'm Esther. And I'm Melanie. And today we're joined by Amanda Webb of spiderworking.com. Welcome, Amanda. Hello. I'm so excited to be here, having listened to your podcast in the past. It's great to have such a popular popular fan, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're really excited to have you with us. And today we're talking about seasonal selling. Now, I know it's not December. So why is it important to talk about seasonal selling now and not just keep Christmas in December? Well, from a personal point of view, you probably want to create Christmas in December. But from a marketing point of view, you've got to plan. You've got to plan in advance. So what can happen, and I know does happen to a lot of businesses, it gets mid-November and you go, oh, Christmas is coming up. I've got to do some marketing for that. And then what you have to do is you have to come up with your plans. You have to go and create your content. You have to fulfill orders, deliver stuff, do go through that hectic Christmas time all in a space of like six weeks, which is a nightmare, right? You can't do it well. And you end up being just totally exhausted, totally exhausted. And then you know what happens in January? You go, well, that wasn't an okay Christmas. But what if I'd started my planning a little bit earlier on? Maybe I could have done my content properly. Maybe I could have had a proper plan in place that would have driven more sales, would have had more happy customers. So if you start, I'm even kind of thinking you should have started a month ago, but it's okay. You still got time. You still got time. (laughs) Don't panic. Don't panic. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You're going to be less stressed. You're going to be able to spend your Christmas period doing what you're good at, which is delivering your product or service. And in the new year, you'll be able to see that you had a plan in place. You'll know what didn't work from that plan. You'll know what did work from that plan so that next year you'll be even more prepared. So start thinking now, start putting all your dates in the calendar, start thinking about what content projects you're going to do to try and promote your business. Start building your audience with that. I could keep going on, but I'll stop because you've probably got questions. (laughs) I have one actually. Does business to business and business to consumer um, have different types of strategies? for for Christmas? Not necessarily. So I suppose, are you selling something? Have you got something that you're selling for Christmas? Because I haven't, but I do have things that I sell in the new year. So I still would be planning ahead with that. But when you're building your strategy, it comes down to the same building blocks, no matter whether you're a business to business, business to consumer, whatever your business does, there's some key things that you would always think about. So if you're not selling anything at Christmas, that's fine. Maybe you don't want to compete in that mad Christmas market, but maybe you've got something going on in January when it's a little bit quieter that you could start planning for now. Okay. And how about um, the, the strategy is mostly written down, I assume. So did, is there any sort of cost to applications or can you just do it with sheets of paper or excel charts what's easiest um you can just write it down on a piece of paper you can use trello i use trello for which is a it's a bit like an index card planning tool and you have like a board where you pin your virtual index cards and you can add due dates so each little task within your bigger project has that 
I'm actually on video with Esther and Melanie now, so they can see in the background my second favourite planning tool, <laughs> which is post-it notes, which I always have post-it note plans, like I have, this is colour-coded, I have a beautiful, it's beautiful, if only you could see it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a screenshot, sure. <laughs> Share it out. I, I'd Send love to know how you keep them stuck up. Mine always come <laughs> <Me too>. down. <laughs> I'm using, it's a... Um, a a, a foam whiteboard which i have uh, um that's yeah so they're See. all pinned up on that so that's that's kind of i would it, it's very similar to trello so i would have a trello board which has more information on it than you could pos possibly put on post-it notes but my post-it notes remind me of the tasks that need to be done mm. and what i like is getting my big marker i just did this yesterday so nothing is ticked off and getting my big marker and ticking off the post-it notes when the work gets done it's so satisfying <laughs> but you do really need to break it into those tasks and trello really helps you with that yeah and like you were saying you know it's it would be different for b2b as opposed to b2c but even for those who are selling a physical product you can't leave it all the way up to december for your marketing because there's postage dates there's you know international dates like I think it's the end of November to post to other countries mm -hmm. which just brings it and I know of businesses who start their Christmas marketing in July which as a consumer is really annoying because my Facebook feed my Twitter feed gets filled up with Christmas stuff and I'm going nope turn off turn <laughs> off stop following you know how do you get over that so conflict? I suppose yeah all year you can be so there's things you can be doing now Firstly, you've got your planning, right? So that's important. You need to know who you want to, who are your customers. And then you need to start building your audiences of those customers now. You're not mentioning Christmas, but you're producing content that's going to attract the right people into your social media, onto your mailing list, onto your website. Because once you've got those in place, when it comes to the Christmas season, you've got your captive audience. So not only should you be building them, maybe you've got loads of followers somewhere already. You need to make sure you're engaging as many of those as you can so that you're already on their mind. So if they're reading a blog post from you every week about, like I, I have a customer that does jewellery, she produces a blog post a month about questions people have about her jewellery, how she produces it, the process of doing it, you know, whole, all sorts of useful information. If they're reading that all the way up to Christmas, where are they going at Christmas to buy? They're going straight yeah. to her, right? But she's not going to mention the C word <laughs> <laughs> until probably no. November. I think, you know, yeah. you're, we, it's kind of agreed in Ireland, at least, that after, after Halloween, after we Halloween, can start yeah. talking about Christmas. So. Yeah. yeah. I, I couldn't cope talking about both at the same time, frankly, just on a personal level, not even nothing I absolutely to do with love business. Christmas. I absolutely <sighs> love it. Like Brown Thomas opened their Christmas shop the other day and that's a clever marketing strategy itself. You know, the fact that it gets on the news every single year when they open their Christmas shop because it's so early. And this year it got on the news because they opened it a bit later because of the lockdown. Mm. <laughs> so different strategy. Plus they do their windows just yeah, they do an so, amazing job yeah that's all the visuals and the graphics you know and all the imagery that people want to see and that's what they'll be sharing and talking about it's like the john lewis advert mm -hmm. you know every christmas they seem to come out with something and not just them there's other ones you know but they all seem to compete over who has the most um 
like heart pulling uh, <laughs> or funny or whatever yeah, advert. And it's going to be weird this year, you know? Yeah, that's a really good point, actually, because um, at the end of the day, the, the people who are listening to this podcast are going to be small or sole traders, small business owners or sole traders. Um, and they don't have the budget for TV commercials. And um, some of them won't have, you know, prize locations on high streets. So what can they do that will be different um, to their well, the competitor? Thing, I suppose is they don't need to have that budget to do that because they imagine how many customers, cats just come into the room, by the way, if you heard that. How many customers does John Lewis need in order to turn a profit on what they spend? Right, It's mm. a lot. So yeah. firstly, you don't need to worry that you don't have that budget. Secondly, I, when you mentioned the Brown Thomas window, actually, it just occurred to me that that's always massive every year and everyone's crowded around to look at it. That's not going to be the case this year. How are they going to translate that online? That's going to be, that's going, that's to, be going struggle, to be a tricky one. Yeah. A struggle for them. If you're a small business, you just need to, if you're a one person business, I think your personality is key. You need to start looking at your personal brand as part of your business. So start looking at that now, developing it, make sure people are getting to know the face behind your business when I first started out, it was really popular to kind of lie about the size of your business. So you'd always say we, and you'd always be behind a logo, right? But now people want to know who they're doing business with, particularly if it's a small business. You know, there's all sorts of strategies big businesses can use to get that personal touch. But the advantage we have is it's us. Mm. Secondly, don't waste your time chatting to everyone that you can online, which is lovely but you really need to get exactly the right people. So, you know, it's all very well attracting hundreds of people, thousands of followers, but unless those are people that are going to potentially buy from you or people that are going to amplify your message to the people that will buy from you, you're wasting your time. So finding a small niche of something that you do exceptionally well and the right people that want that thing will work exceptionally well. So that's one advantage a small business has. I think you don't need to spend, I would, would put aside some money for ads because really otherwise you're working yourself really hard you know rather than just spending a little bit of money on ads you have to work like 50 times harder which you know nobody has time because also also in previous years there were the craft fairs and there were the small marketing fairs and stuff so you know everybody's going to be online now or everybody should be online now anyway but Mm. how do you get seen above everybody else that's going to be the other sticking point yeah you have to be creative one of the things I'm really excited about and I'm really hoping I'm going to see a lot of small businesses doing this is kind of online auctions so doing a Facebook live or depending where your audience is whether it's Twitter or LinkedIn or YouTube and actually selling directly to your customers and making that a big event so if you were used to doing all those craft fairs all the money that you spent Mm -hmm. getting the tables at the craft fair put that together put together a strategy to build up to that event so that you make sure that lots of people turn up, put together your budget into both your ads. And if you can afford someone to do a bit of work for you, maybe Melanie doing your, your um, social media posts, you know, that, that can help take the And Amanda doing your ads. (laughs) (laughs) And Esther doing your website. (laughs) But I would take that money and make this big event make this something special that your customers want to know about make sure the world knows it's going to happen 
And that could be really effective at really pushing your business out there before you may even get sales beforehand. But if you say, well, there's going to be a discount on the day, it doesn't have to be a big discount, something extra that you get on the day. Yeah. If you do my online auction, I think that could work exceptionally well. And I'm really excited to see some businesses take this up. So if you do, let me know. <laughs> yeah, tag us as well. I'd like to hear about this as well. Yeah, be great. And uh, well, what about... Um, I was just looking through, because you wrote a blog about this recently, didn't you, Amanda? You wrote it, I think it was back in July. You even wrote the blog about (laughs) (laughs) uh, holiday marketing and some top tips um, on how to to succeed. But, uh, and we were talking just before we came on about, uh, I've, well, I've been seeing a lot of people putting together advent calendars, a lot of marketers putting Mm -hmm. together, you know, top tips and top things. Now, is that just because I'm in that zone that I see them either way? Would those also work for, you know, what's your opinion on that? Is that a good strategy? Is that just a... I think it's going to, if you plan it out really well now, so I'm going to keep saying the same thing over and over again. And you have like, what do you want to get out of that? What is it that you want to get out of your 30 days of tips? Is it just to, or 24 days, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> What is your goal out of that? Is it, is it to build your audience? If so, you know, that's a really a legitimate goal. Don't let people tell you that, you know, it isn't. That's a legitimate goal. But then you should set yourself some goals around that. You know, how much do you want to build your audience? Who is your audience? Which is the hardest question to answer. Everyone always skips it. But it's also the most important thing. Instead of going and writing a blog post or making a video, go work that out. It's hard work, but it's, it's going to inform everything else. So those are two things you want to know. Who's your audience? How do, how much do you want to create? What sort of content is going to appeal to them, but still have some relevance to what you do? So, you know, I put a picture of my cat on Facebook yesterday. It got more likes than anything I've ever put on Facebook. <laughs> Bonkers, isn't it? I mean, she, I love her, like, but she's not the cutest cat. No, <laughs> she's just a cat. She is like adorable, but you wouldn't really capture that from the photo. So, you, but don't be tempted to do that, right? Because it is tempting. Put a picture of your cat up. <laughs> so really what map out what sort of content do they like watching videos do they like listening to podcasts will they look at images you know or maybe you want to put a mixture of that in so you're reaching yeah. a lot of people yeah and rotate just your content make sure it's really good so they're going to want to see the next day's one yeah and then the third thing is you can't rely on the facebook algorithm or the twitter mm-hmm. algorithm or the linkedin algorithm to deliver it every day what they'll mm-hmm. do is they'll deliver three at a time or none at all <laughs> So maybe start building an email list and say, I'm going to do this for Advent, 24 tips for Advent. You'll get 24 emails over 24 days. Don't worry, you can unsubscribe afterwards. <laughs> but, you know, if you subscribe, I'll send you a link every single day. And that could be a more engaging way to do it and, and maximize your reach. I was going to ask you about email lists, actually, and about lead magnets, because that would be a really handy way to initially give away some of your knowledge or your details about your products or services um, and then reward that person with a second lead magnet that then takes you on to possibly purchasing something your product or your service Um, so how many how many lead magnets do you think people need to prepare for their campaign I would go one at a time so I've got a lot of lead magnets but I promote one at a time just so as not to to confuse myself or anything else (laughs) So, uh, yeah, lead magnets are exceptionally effective at building your email audience, but 
you need to make sure that the lead magnet is right for getting the audience that you want. Again, I could send out a lead magnet with cute pictures of my cats, <laughs> but no, some of those people might have a business that want cute pictures of cats, but most of them are just going to be cat lovers. So that's not going to work. Um, I'm also a big fan of creating something really epic as your lead magnet. You know, I have lots of little checklists and things that I give away, but my key lead magnets, I put a lot of time and effort into. I'm currently working on my 2021 digital marketing strategy workbook, which should be out at the beginning of November, which is replacing my current lead magnet, which is a masterclass. So it's an hour long video. It took me a long time to put together. It's fully edited with tutorials and everything. But I'm a big fan of doing something big because just a checklist isn't really telling me are those people really interested in what I'm doing. So I, I, you know, you wouldn't want to do too many at once, but I would always have something on the go lead magnet wise. And just for GDPR reasons, just in case anyone's going, I thought you couldn't do lead magnets anymore. <laughs> just make sure that you have a checkbox where people can choose to subscribe to your newsletter. So my lead magnet will usually come with an email sequence that's attached to it. So you get the lead magnet, then you might get a tutorial on something, then you might get another helpful video on something, and then you get a sales post and then they're gone. Then they're gone for good. Whereas um, if they tick the box to join my newsletter, which approximately 50% of the people who sign up for my lead magnets do, that means I can keep emailing them. So I haven't just got that one chance to sell to them, which is really important. Mm. If you're B2B as well, I have people buying from me now that signed up to my email list four years ago. You know, so it's really important to grow that list. I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> what, that you signed up or that you're buying from or not? <laughs> four years ago. And I, I bought products from Amanda as well. So, you know, it's this is the important thing. The, the golden nugget, I reckon, you've just dropped just now at the, the end about lead magnets and email lists. People think they're dead because of GDPR. It's not the case at all. Um, no, it's getting complicated, but it's, it's <laughs> yeah. not the case. So, yeah. And that means less people are doing it, which is good for your business. Because yes. if you do it, then, you know, there's less competition. And I love the fact that Amanda has managed to talk about a lot of our previous blog, uh, sorry, podcasts episodes <laughs> that we have already talked about lead magnets. We've already talked about the importance of planning, the importance of um, getting your uh, online avatar, you know, your, your persona, uh, your buyer persona ready. So we're doing, you know, listen to us. <laughs> we are doing it right. And, you know, Amanda's just told you that as well you know so go back out through all the other previous episodes as well and we've got one more thing to plug haven't we esther and that is the fabulous festive marketing masterclass with spider working amanda webb tell us all about it how how can we learn more so that is my current lead magnet if you want to market your business for Christmas and you've got a taste today and you go, oh yeah, I really should do something. Don't wait. Don't wait any longer. Chocolate. You can do my free masterclass, which I will ask for an email address. You will get an email sequence. You won't be subscribed to my newsletter unless you tick the box at um, <laughs> spiderworking.com forward slash festive. And what you get is instant access then to the one hour masterclass plus a workbook plus we talked about Trello a Trello template. So you've got everything in place to get your marketing going now. So go ahead and sign up for that. Let me know how you get on with it. Do let me know if you heard about it on this podcast. Yes, please. Yeah, do that. Yeah. Um, and that's great. And um, Amanda, we actually met uh, when you were speaking 
at um I want to say Women's Inspire Network I can't actually remember where it was it was but it was wasn't it and uh, you were a fabulous speaker on stage and I'm sure you're Thank a fabulous you. speaker virtually as well but you are available for virtual um, speaking events so yes. they should get in touch with you definitely um, and get you booked in because Amanda is just full of useful information and top tips and everything else. And her digital coffee on a Friday as well. Let's not forget yes. about that. I should have mentioned Unmissable. that, shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> but get signed up to her email list. Uh, it really is very, very useful. I'm sure I'm on it too. <laughs> That's it for today, guys. Thanks very much for joining us. Con connect with us, connect with Amanda, and we'll hear from you soon. Bye-bye.